You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome inside Hour 2 of The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy 4th of July Eve as we get set for a big 4th of July weekend social distancing hot dog eating contest. And Rob, I tell you, I I can't get over. There's 4th of July stories. And then there's Joey Chestnut thinks he could set a record for hot dogs because the eating conditions will be just right for it. I mean, for all, all, you know, my whole life, uh, oh boy, there's not going to be a lot of points scored today, the rain and the snow and the, you know, in this NFL game, but the eating conditions are going to be right. Watch out. We could see big time eating fireworks a day from now. I can't wait. you know what? I, I've always had an issue with dipping hot dogs into water for them to go down easy. Whatever happened to the ketchup and the, the mustard and the relish and the onions, the condiments? I just couldn't do it. You know, water I, I on your hot dogs. Well, it, it makes it. Well, you have to do it for the bread. Otherwise, you're not going. You can't eat the bread as much. The, the winning, the winning person would have like eight hot dogs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm. A, this bread is just. I, I, I filled up on it. I, I can't eat anymore. That bread does fill you up, but just the wet bread for the hot dogs. I just. <laughs> I've watched them, and I've just been uh, amazed at at how those guys are able to do it. I'm going to start doing that when I go to dinner. And, you know, and I'm able to go out to restaurants again and going out to dinner instead of filling up on bread. So, oh, man, I ate too much bread. And by the time your meal comes, you, you can't eat it. I'm, when I want bread, I'm just going to dip it in water and eat it. And then I realize I'm going to be good. I, I do that. And then I can eat, I can have the, the feeling of eating the bread and then I can have my meal when it comes and I'll be OK. And, and there'll also be room for dessert after it's yes. all over. <laughs> <laughs> I dip the ice cream in the water and I eat the well, ice cream. Exactly. That way. <laughs> there you go. And the cheesecake in the water. And, yeah. and I can just uh, digest. It'll be a lot easier. You know, sometimes, you know, you have dinner and then you're, they're like dessert and you just look at them like dessert. Where do I have room for dessert? It's so hard to get dessert down. <laughs> uh, so while we're looking ahead at 4th of July, maybe we get some 4th of July fireworks and find out that someone like Antonio Brown has a new NFL team. Because last night, uh, late last night before I went to bed, normally I do the, I do the same thing. Whenever uh, I'm going to fill in, you know, for Dan here today, you know, with, with you and, and, you know, and Doug and all of us, you know, filling in you and Chris do some days too. Whenever I do, I always get online and I go, okay, here's some stories that we like we're looking at for early in the morning. And I get online last night and I see at the top of everything, A, B to the Texans. And I go, oh my God, seriously? Antonio Brown to the Texans. That happened. And then I, now I got I to gotta go through Twitter, which is like going through the looking glass. You know, it's right. like, ooh, no, you know there's going to be You don't know what's that, real, what's no, fake. Right. No, no, I may as well go to Reddit and try to figure something out. So I'm like, okay, what is it? And then it boils down to the fact that Chad Johnson uh, put out a tweet saying AB to the Texans with praying hands. So then I'm like, oh, okay, this is yet another push from Antonio Brown to try to get people interested in him. Like, if he throws it out there that he wants to go to the Texans, Bill O'Brien's going to go, huh, I never thought about that. Let's call him, get Antonio. I, I never thought about Luckily, he put that out on Twitter. I would have never thought about Antonio. Let's call and try to get him. Because that's been A.B.'s strategy the past few weeks. I mean, here's, a, here's video of me working out with Russell Wilson. See, I'm a good guy. You can put me back in the NFL. Uh, here's video of me working out with other teams. And now you're seeing, you know, the stories of teams interested in Antonio Brown, which I look at this and go, okay, is this real? Or is this like the story we get every year that there are 
are teams interested in Colin Kaepernick. Teams are calling, and then nothing winds up happening of it. You know, I, I feel like the same thing. Like, this is what we're getting. Here's, you know, well, let, let's try to get some juice around Antonio Brown coming back to the NFL, and this is where we're at. Now, I don't doubt that eventually there would be some teams interested in him, but, Rob, this is like, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, because if a team wants Antonio Brown, they're going to tell the NFL, we want to sign him. The NFL is going to say, well, okay, he's going on our exempt list because he's got to figure out his legal problems, which which include uh, – you know, being accused of sexual assault by by a woman. He's it's got been a, nine months, though. It is, I mean, right. But I mean, this you is have to one clear thing. that up. Right, but you got to right. clear that up. If he's going to come back to the NFL, he's got to have a clean slate legally. to be, And he doesn't have that right now. He's still coming off of, of, of a few months ago when he had a meltdown and him and a, him and a, a buddy beat up a driver who was trying to get furniture from his house. Uh, you know, he's got to clean his slate if he's going to come back. So he doesn't have that yet. So if a team says we want to sign him, the NFL is going to say, oh, okay, he's on our exempt list and we're going to do an investigation into him and teams are going to say, okay, well, we're not into it now. Uh, or, you know, okay, is it likely he's coming back? If it's not, okay, we're not going to sign him. So teams know this, that if they do wind up signing him, they would want him for now. They'd want him to be ready. Hey, we have a season coming up soon. We haven't had a regular off season. Let's get a great receiver who has been fantastic, who, you know, is a, is a self-motivated workout guy. The one thing you never have to worry about him was working out. He loved practice. He loved doing all of those things. But if teams know he's going to go on the exempt list, well, why are we going to sign him? So he's kind of in that that purgatory of, okay, yeah, potentially you can come back, but this is what's going to happen if a team wants him. And so because he's got to go on the exempt list, then nobody's going to sign him. That's kind of what's happening right now. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, and we've seen this over and over, when you have um, – a talented guy like that, and people are looking for talent. As as many players are the, as there are, Jason, in the NFL, there aren't that many talented people laying around, you know? And if you really believe, like, adding a player of his caliber could make a difference, you're willing to do that. The only people who don't, they don't bend over backwards for are guys who can't play, right? Then they won't take the headaches. They won't take... Uh, the other stuff that comes with it. I, I believe he's going to get back in the league because he's young enough, and, and the last time we saw him was good enough. Uh, I think he's been humbled by everything that's gone on. He's really – it's weird where he was in Pittsburgh, despite the, you know, Facebook Live kind of thing, but he was never disruptive. This guy was just productive, not disruptive, and was very good in, in Pittsburgh. And the thing that – people never say is he doesn't work hard he's not a you know what I mean he doesn't put in his work or he's a a slacker it's never been that or he's not a great teammate as far as on the field he just has some personal issues that really derailed his life and his career and if he can get that straightened out if if I'm a GM in the NFL I want Antonio Brown if I have a, a, a spot for a wide receiver and I could think of a number of teams that could use him so I hope he gets it together. I, I'm I I love uh, redemption stories and comebacks, especially if he can get his uh, personal life, Jason, straightened out, and see what everything was, and make sure that all the claims against him, you know, and and the NFL does their the due diligence. But after that, if that all works out, get him back in the league. See, I'm on the other side of you. I'm a GM. I, I'm I'm giving AB a hard pass because it, it's if you 
want to take his career and, and, and think about it, what it used to be. Okay, it's kind of like, you know, people want to look at Cam Newton and go, oh, my God, look, at if Cam Newton can make plays like this with the Patriots and all the stuff that fills my social media feed, and I go, this is a play from 2013. This is 2020. He's been hurt for two years. This is, He can't just suddenly, oh, because he could make a play like this seven years ago, suddenly do that. But Antonio Brown, when he was in his heyday, when he could do it, he was the best. And I, I'm not arguing that with you. But – Pittsburgh enabled him, you know, all the behavior issues that that he had. Pittsburgh was able to cover it up and and keep him around because that's what they did. That's what Mike Tomlin did. He deserves a lot of credit. Oh, you talk about Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, keeping those guys all on the field and throwing the football to each other. That's some kind of job that he probably shouldn't have had to do, but he did. A.B. leaves the Steelers, and what happens? He goes to Oakland, and he finds his way out before he even plays a game. He's at odds with the Raiders over stupid reasons, and John Gruden, who wanted him so desperately, finally said, we have to get rid of him. He has a meltdown at practice and and, and calls Mike Mayock a a racist term, and he's out. All right, now he's out. Now, okay, now now let's see what happens. The Patriots sign him, and everybody says, oh, I can't believe it, just how he wanted it to work. Now the Patriots are going to have him. They're going to win the Super Bowl. He plays one game. And then the sexual assault story uh, has a second break in the story and the Patriots say, we can't have anything to do with you. And he's gone. He has found his way now off of three teams. He wanted out for Pittsburgh for so long. Finally, Pittsburgh said, fine. He gets to he gets to Oakland. He's out before he plays a game. He goes to New England. He's there for a week. He's his own worst enemy. You know, he can't stay away from Twitter. He can't stay away from controversy. So if I go through a jump through all of these hoops to sign him, how long do I know I'm going to have him for until he's out of the league? How long until I wake up on an idle Tuesday and go, he tweeted that? Oh, my. I can't believe he tweeted that. I, oh, my goodness. But, but Jason, Wait, this he put is, this out. This so how long am I going to have him for before I, I, I realize he's got to be off the team? It's not worth that investment for a guy I know could be gone in one game. It may not even play a game for us. But this is the only issue I have. You know, you're talking about tweeting and social media. The NFL has so many guys who are convicted felons, who are vehicular homicide, got chances, who beat up women and 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 all kinds of other things. And I, 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 the list is too long for me to go into it. But those guys seem to get chances to, to play again. And because a guy does some social media stuff that people don't like, it's the end of the world. I think he's been treated way too harshly. Whoa, uh, he's got sexual uh, assault I'm, stuff no, hanging I'm, over him, Rob. I mean, I'm that's... talking about, but you're, you're talking about social media and, and posting videos. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm saying that there are other guys who have done some pretty bad things in the league. Would you at least give me that? Yeah, yeah. But have they gotten we have cha- to let him in. Have they, have they gotten chances? Second yeah, but, but but we got to stop at some point, right? I mean, that's no, the but thing. that but but my, that's my thing. Point. If you told me that nobody in the league with with those kind of things happening to them, then then no, then I got it. But the league is littered with those guys, and and I just don't understand where where you're drawing the line. And because of his social media activity, that's the the last straw. The guy's a talented football player, and if he can get, and I'm just saying. Go through the due diligence, right? Uh, let, let these things play out just because people accuse you of stuff doesn't mean so. I, I can remember uh, um, uh, other players where this stuff has happened before and we find out later that it's not true. So all I'm saying is the NFL should do it just because someone says you did this or did that 
doesn't mean that it's it's fact because someone makes uh, a claim against you. That's all I'm saying is I would I want the NFL to investigate it, find out really where he is. But Jason, I'm 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 against I I'm against your stance that he shouldn't get another opportunity. He's way too good, way too talented. Yes, he's had some issues, um, but I'm willing to give the guy another chance if he can if he can clear his name. It, has he shown anything in the last year and a half that he could do that? He hasn't. He hasn't shown that he can he can play in the NFL. He has he shown that he's going to be able to stay in the NFL. He hasn't. He found his way. He he did everything he could to find his way off of the Raiders. Everything he could, he finds his way off. Then he lands in a perfect spot. And then what does he do? Then text messages come out of him sending a text to one of his friends about taking care of the woman who is accusing him of sexual assault. I, so this I, is what I've I mean. given you that. You, you I've given you that. They you can't need trust to investigate that, all what, that. What day you're going to wake up and see something like that on a day? A, a team is not going to say, "Listen, we're not going to." I can't go to bed every night thinking the next day Antonio Brown something's going to happen that's going to embarrass the franchise. You know, and, and I, I get that from team. I understand how how long can they possibly have him for? You you, you have other you have him? other guys in the league that the Cowboys they they were. Uh, um, I just don't have the name in front of me, uh, who got signed after he left Carolina. He was convicted. Um, he was convicted in a, in a court of law, and and the Cowboys picked, snapped him up. They couldn't snap him up fast enough. And, and I'm just saying, like, I've seen these circumstances, and people don't seem to have an issue there to just ch- ch- change uniforms. Well, but you got to start somewhere. You know, you're talking about Greg Hardy. Right? Greg that Hardy, that, okay. thank you. It, Greg but, Hardy, do you remember that case? Of I mean, course. He it, was, it was, he was, was convicted. Of it, course, wasn't even, yes. it wasn't even like hearsay. He was convicted in court, and the Cowboys couldn't, they fell over themselves to sign Greg Hardy. Well, but it's not that, that the NFL is keeping him out. It's, it's what he has done. He is keeping himself out of the NFL. He's the guy, he's the guy obviously, the teams say we can't trust. That we can, we don't know about getting it back, and it's, at some point, uh, you have to start somewhere with saying, "All right, if this guy is doing this, he can't come back to the NFL." It's look, it's 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 almost like the same thing we're dealing with with all these changes going on in in the world about hey, let let's let's take care of Washington's nickname. You know, here goes the Confederate flag. All all of these ideas that were out there that have been out there for a long time are bad ideas. Well, they were accepted for a long time. Well, that was bad, but we got to start somewhere. So let's start now. NASCAR bans the Confederate flag. Uh, you, you're seeing all the other things happening in the world right now. The, with, with the Washington Redskins, they may not have their nickname for a while. We got to start somewhere. So if, if Antonio Brown is the guy for, hey, I can't get back in the NFL, dude, if you could, if you could not be in a situation where you are uh, beholden to the law because of stuff you didn't been accused of, you'd be in the National Football League. And the fact that he's not in, I mean, I, my, my heart doesn't bleed for him that he's not in the NFL. If he, if he can clean up his act and get back in and show that he can clean his act up, and get, okay, then he'll get another chance. But he hasn't done it yet, and, and, he, and he's still you know, sitting out there waiting, wondering why am I not getting another chance? Well, I mean, you got to look in the mirror at some point and go, okay, what I'm doing is, and, and what I've done is what's keeping me I'm out not, of the I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm endorsing his behavior, but I, I just I, I don't understand like who determines which guys get other chances and, and which guys don't. And uh, when the Patriots signed him, you, if you remember, and, and I don't know, and maybe you were one of those guys, 
When he got released by the Raiders, I remember people reveling in, oh, that's it. He'll never play in the NFL again. He's done. Look at what he did with the Raiders. Oh, he released that video. Do you remember all that? And, yeah. and and then the, the Patriots signed them eight hours later or, yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm just like, th- th- that's what I'm saying is like the overreaction from people. Now, with the legal stuff, I'm not saying he's clear and free and he didn't do anything. But let's have let's find out what's what's been done and figure out what's true, what's not true. You can't just convict a guy because people have made claims against you. That's all I'm saying. And once that is done and you figure it out, then you should be able to put them back out there and let teams decide whether they want to deal with talent. Sometimes when you have talented people, it comes with issues. And some people are willing to work through them. Everybody's not a choir boy. Everybody, some people have different issues. I, I'm just not in that camp to throw away a talented guy. And we heard Adam Kaplan just recently on our show uh, say that this guy's a hall from his body of work. He's already a Hall of Famer. That's how good he is. That's why it's worth the risk to me. Twitter at how about a fresca? Rob at Rob Parker FS1 phone number 877-99 on Fox on opposite sides of the AB debate. We'll have more NFL coming up this hour because uh, speaking of on opposite sides of a debate, uh, you and I are definitely on the opposite sides of Cam Newton. So we got to get to that coming up later on this hour. You mean Cam that's going to win the AFC least uh, division? Cam. Yes. <laughs> Cam who may not make it to week one. That, yeah. Yes, that's Cam re- Newton. Cam yes. for president. His gar- <laughs> contract's guaranteed. Look at you, Cam I'm all for in. president. Cam for president. Does the uh, scar? He can wear the scarf at the White House. I'm all in. <laughs> oh, he'll bring great hat fashion to the White House. That's for sure. Uh, so we got that coming up later on this hour. But straight ahead, is the NBA really ready to open up a second bubble? Are the Lakers' title chances higher after this long layoff? Anthony Davis says so. We get into those and more stories coming up next right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. Today's show brought to you by Mercedes-AMG Driving Performance. Going to have Chris Mannix stopping by in a second. Fox Sports 1, Sports Illustrated, NBA Insider, and... Rob, I know you talked about this yesterday on your show, and and, uh, we talked about it yesterday as well, Uh, the possibility that we're getting a second bubble in the NBA. Certainly we have the bubble in Orlando that uh, we're going to try to finish uh, the regular season and playoffs in, but NBA working on a second bubble, Adrian Wojnarowski having the story a day ago, to invite the teams that weren't invited to Orlando to have some kind of training camp in the month of September, they're going to be able to play games because obviously it would be unfair if you're going to start the season at some point soon after that you have 22 teams that are going to be uh, in in the in the mindset of playing, having just played a bunch of games, and you have these other eight teams not doing it. So uh, those teams would be invited. The Knicks would now be uh, have a chance to maybe win something as they are invited to the NIT of uh, bubbles. So I, I, I'd be pretty happy for them there. Not only can the Knicks, uh, they, they would wind up in the, uh, the the trouble bubble. That's for the bad teams. <laughs> I mean, 
I, you know, I, I get it. It's funny, though, but the uh, but but Adam Silver doesn't want to be in any bubble. He's not going to stick around, uh, which is interesting. Oh, my you know? God. What a horrible optic that is. Am yeah, I you right? guys all got to stay. What about you, you Commissioner? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm going to be staying. in and out. I, right. I, I might pop in and say, hey, then I might I might jet, but then I'm coming back. But then right. I'm going to jet again, and then I'm coming back. I mean, it oh, just, my God. You know, like, given <laughs> that people are, like, putting themselves in, you know, in jeopardy health-wise, and it just would be like if the commissioner was there – and go, I'm in this with you. I get it. You know, I'm yeah. asking you to do something. But he he clearly said he was not interested. But uh, the second bubble, I guess it's weird because you're right. Other teams wouldn't be able to uh, do anything. And then that would be a long layoff until the next season, right? Because the season ended prematurely. So they probably got a lot of pushback from the other teams that weren't involved. It would be different if they would have just taken the 16 other teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the 16 teams that, that qualified for the playoffs when the season started and went from there, Jason, but that's not what they did by adding the other teams that still had a chance and having 22 teams, you left out the other eight. So I, I get it. Joining us now on the hotline for more on these stories, you can follow him on Twitter at SI Chris Mannix. That's at SI Chris Mannix, Fox Sports 1, Sports Illustrated, NBA Insider. Chris, good morning. What's happening, man? What's happening, Chris? What's going on, guys? What's going on? Dude, dude we're talking a second bubble, maybe a third bubble, fourth bubble, it's maybe a fifth bubble, five. Let's have bubbles for everybody in the NBA. Yeah, on, on the second bubble, the, the way it was explained to me yesterday was you know, don't get too far ahead on all this. There has already been some pushback from some teams. Um, you know, Michelle Roberts has made it clear that she's not going, and she and the players not going to sign up on anything unless there are the exact same protocols in a second bubble as there are in the first one, and that logistically, you know, may be incredibly difficult. What what may be the more likely scenario is that we see teams be allowed to have mini camps. Uh, in September, you know, maybe they're a week, two weeks long, uh, where they can get their whole team in. Maybe their G League affiliate involved in all that. And if teams regionally want to get together, specifically Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, if they want to find a way to create a smaller bubble that would, you know, take you know less resources to put together, uh, that's that's possible. I just I just can't envision an eight team bubble happening amongst those eight teams that have been left out. Chris, uh, you know. Dwight Howard hasn't committed uh, to coming to the bubble and playing. I think that would be another blow to the uh, Lakers. You know, the longer that he doesn't commit to me, and obviously he was with Kyrie and about uh, whether they should even play and whatnot, I, I just my gut tells me the longer a guy holds up and isn't sure that there's a good chance at the end he's going to say, I'm not coming. What, what, what's your take or what have you heard about Dwight Howard? Well, you know the Lakers, from what I've been told, that they they remain cautiously optimistic that they can work the situation out with Dwight. I think right now the greater concern in Dwight Howard's life is his young son, who he's with right now after the passing uh, of her uh, his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is of a more significant concern than the social justice movement. I, I think like like a lot of other players, you know the. The, the players have been, um, I don't know what the right word is, impressed, but they've, been, they've, been, they've felt good about what the NBA's done over the last week or so to ensure that the social justice movement will you know, get the appropriate and considerable attention you know, inside the bubble. So I'm not sure that's necessarily Dwight's 
number one concern at the moment. He's got a family issue to deal with, and the Lakers are hoping they can find a way to to make all this work. So they're, you know, obviously Avery Bradley being out is is a body blow, but I get the sense the Lakers are still, you know, clinging to a strong hope that Dwight Howard can play. Yeah. Uh- Ballpark this for me, Chris, because with the NBA players getting set to, to go, and, and obviously there's different thoughts from everybody about going and not going, uh, percentage of players who are going to the bubble that are going to be into it, excited, ready to go compete, rest of the season, win a championship, percentage of players that want to do that versus the players who are saying, you know what, we're going to go play a bunch of games, and then I'm out and going home. And I'm, I'm really got, I'm showing up to the bubble with one foot in and one foot out. I mean, I think even players that are excited about winning a championship aren't excited about going to the bubble. I mean, I would put the number of players excited about resuming at like 1%. I mean, I don't know who that, like, they're just, it's just like not an ideal circumstance for, as you point out, a variety of reasons, whether it's health concerns, family concerns, um, you know, physical safety, you know, when it comes to getting injured in that situation. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of, you know, kind of like resignation, I guess, that this is how the NBA is going to end the season. Now, that may change as they get into games and certainly will change as we get deeper into the postseason and the possibility of a championship crystallizes for a lot of these players. But there's not a lot of enthusiasm at all. I mean, players are certainly anxious to, you know, to get out of their houses and get back to playing. And, and you're kind of seeing that reflected on some of the interviews guys are doing after practices this week. But I mean, this, you know, there, there's an understanding that this is going to be a mentally taxing ordeal, especially for the players that are down there for the duration. They'll be there for at least a month, um, you know, without family members and friends. Uh, and after that, we'll see how many they can bring in. And it just, uh, it, it's not going to be a, a, a comfortable situation for all players. And, and there really isn't a lot of excitement because of that. Chris, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. I, I picked the Clippers before the season started. I think they're the deepest team. I, I love what they did a year ago without any star. They beat the Warriors twice in Oakland. Uh, you know, like they just have a dog about them, and then they add Kawhi and Paul George. If Kawhi and the Clippers were able to win the championship, what would, what would that do for Kawhi, just the idea that he would have on his resume? Obviously, he won in San Antonio, was a finals MVP, but – to win back-to-back championships with two organizations that had never won a championship, would that elevate him? How would you look at Kawhi Leonard after that if the, if the Clippers did win? Yeah, it would significantly elevate him um, in my eyes and I think in the, my, in the eyes of most around the league. I mean, to, to, it is really hard to put together a championship team. It takes years sometimes to put together a championship team. Even when you have the pieces that are assembled – most teams don't always win that first year or second year. I mean, even the Miami Super Team, you know, didn't win that first year with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. It just takes time to build chemistry. And I think that a championship this year would establish Kawhi as just that kind of guy that can fit into any situation that's close to championship caliber and elevate that team to a title. I mean, it would – I don't know what kind of rarefied air it would put him in. I don't know if it puts him in the Jordan category or even the LeBron category, but whatever that tier right behind them, you would have to include him in that group because it's just, it's just not easy to go to two different teams, adjust to two different situations, coaching staffs, terminology, uh, get comfortable with your teammates, and, and accomplish something in that first year. So this, this would really be a reckoning, I think, for Kawhi Leonard in a – 
uh, a moment for him to, to, to jump into another tier of players. And, and Chris, let me just follow up. Who did you pick going into the season? And uh, are you sticking with your pick or have you changed your mind as who's going to win the NBA championship? Yeah, I think I had the Clippers coming into this season, but I, this is one of, there's going to be something weird that happens. Like, it's just, it's just the way it is. You go back to the 99 season when the Knicks made that run as an eight seed, something like that is going to happen. And this is an even weirder situation because there's no home crowd, there's no home court advantage. So if it ends up being Portland versus Philly in the finals, I, I'm not going to be surprised <laughs> at this point. I'm just not. Like, I mean, you look at it, I mean, I kind of joke about those two teams, but there's reasoning behind it. I mean, that's the best offensive backcourt that you might have in the game, you know, which is now suddenly getting their starting frontcourt back. Like, here comes Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic, who were done in mid-March, and now they're ready to play maybe 30 minutes a night. On the other side of the bracket, I mean, Ben Simmons just did an interview where he said, like, I'm better than I was to start the season. I'm stronger than I was to start the season. So this was also a guy that was done in mid-March. And remember, that Sixers team – you know, they'll lose something not playing at home, but they were terrible on the road. So maybe that, you know, has an advantage but not having to play road games uh, in the playoffs. So I, I think, you know, we can sit here and say Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers versus Raptors, or Clippers, Celtics, but something weird is almost assuredly going to happen in this postseason that's going to see probably a bottom, you know, four seed wind up in the finals. Oof. All right, lastly, speaking of weird, you know, Rob and I talked about this a few minutes ago. Is Adam Silver going to have to change his mind and, and hang in the bubble for the entire time? Because that optic is not playing well that, yeah, everybody's got to be there, but he's going to be in and out you. coming back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's not a great optic. I don't know that – I don't know that he's going to change his mind on it. I don't think there's – I don't feel too – I don't feel too strong one way or the other about one person going in and out, especially given the precautions, I'm sure – that Adam Silver is going to take. My, my bigger concern still is what those Disney employees are going to do and, and what kind of access they're going to have to players. I mean, you're going to see, I mean, the terminology says that the only people untested are going to be people that are within or, or have to be six feet away from anyone inside the bubble. How do you police that? I think the only way to ensure the best kind of safety is to make sure everybody is tested on a regular or semi-regular basis if they're going in and out of that bubble. The idea that just temperature checks and like a symptoms questionnaire is enough to get people in and out, uh, that, that doesn't, that, that's not a good look. I think that, that is a far more significant importance than you know, Adam Silver potentially parachuting in uh, a couple of times. And Chris, real quick, is it true that Adam Silver picked Orlando because this is the closest Magic fans will ever get to seeing a championship? Oh, <laughs> oh is that true? <laughs> hey, they, they could make a run. Maybe, they, maybe this is the year. The Magic Kingdom, the Magic make their run behind, I don't know who's even playing for them at this point, but, you know, maybe this is the year they, uh, they run the table. <laughs> It'll be a Mickey Mouse championship no matter what. Oh, no. do you, do you feel better getting that yes, out, Rob? You I feel better now out. after that? Hey, okay, great. Try That's the good. veal, okay? I'm here yeah. all week. That's 30 seconds of Chris Maddox's life. He's never going to get back. There's just so you know. He's on Thanks, Twitter Chris. at SI Chris Maddox. That is at SI Chris Maddox. Chris, as always, man, appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. All right. I, I knew when you said, and lastly, is it true he picked Orlando? I knew exactly what you, knew you were going to say. where I was going? Say. I've known you, I've known you so long. Now I go, he's just going for the cheap one line. You already know that's, it, right? <laughs> that's all he's doing is going for it. You know, it, it's interesting that he says, look, something crazy is going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, like like the Knicks run in 99 as an eight seed all the way to the NBA You remember finals. that Allen Houston shot against oh, Miami? It, when, it, it stayed on it, the rim it, forever. It, right. It, it hit like every piece of the rim. 
rim before oh. it dropped through. And if Ewing doesn't get hurt, the finals go differently against the Spurs because they had nobody to stop right. Duncan and Robinson. Oh, man. But – uh, all right, anyway, we, I, I can worry about the next layer. Um, you know, the thing is, he says something crazy is going to happen, and, and it's really hard to break down what we're going to see, but I think I can tell you what we're going to see. You're going to see some teams show up that are just going there for a few games and they're ready to go. You'll be able to tell right away what teams are there for the long haul that think we can win a championship, let's be here and do it. And you're going to tell what teams are there to play eight games and maybe four in a playoff round and then go home. So so from that perspective, you're going to eliminate a lot of teams right away. And you're going to see a playoff in which there's going to be a lot of sweeps. There's going to be a lot of sweeps. There's going to be a lot of five-game series because you're not going to have to worry about, well, what happens when you know it's two zip, but they're going to go home and win two games, and then we go back and forth, and we're at game seven at home. That's not going to happen. It's going to be whatever team wants to win is going to steamroll through the playoffs. You're going to see a lot of sweeps, five-game series. I, I, I don't know. If you had to say what I – if I, I would put long odds to say, could I bet we don't get a seven-game series in the playoffs? And I would put money on that because I think that would come true because I, I just don't think you're going to see it with everything else going on the neutral sites Orlando no crowds whoever wants to win is going to have such a big advantage because so many players as Chris said look one percent are excited to be there you're going to tell right away this team doesn't care about being there this team just wants to go home and I get it I get players who are who are being you know forced to go into this because it's what the NBA wants them to do I I understand that part of it and I, I get that they're going to go there and say okay I'm just going to hopefully be okay I get tested every day we're going to play this and then we're going home and then mentally I need to decompress for a while because this has been a lot of stress about what's going to happen and us going back and now actually being put in a situation where some people could get sick. It'll be interesting and and I think you're right and one guy who has to be highly motivated even though he could be down two important players and I'm talking about LeBron James because let's just face it Jason this might be his best last chance to win a championship the the, the way that the Lakers have played this year before the stoppage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he is in year 17, you know, one day it's just not the same. I know he's playing at a high, was playing at a high level. Next year's year 18. The body has just so much uh, in it, and, and, and all of a sudden things aren't always like they used to be. Uh, Anthony Davis, the future, what else? Uh, other moves, the team is set up to win now. Uh so I think LeBron will be highly motivated, don't you, in, in this situation? Because this could be, if he doesn't win this year, I don't know if he'd ever win again. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's, I don't worry about the pieces for LeBron because the Lakers figured it out, right? Before coronavirus hit, they didn't make a lot of adjustments, but they figured their team out and they were rolling through people. And I said, okay, this this is how they're going to do it. And they're certainly going to pick up where they left off. It's the same team. You're adding Deion Waiters. Look, J.R. Smith isn't even going to play. He's just there as break glass in case of emergency, in case other players get sick or get hurt. But they figured it out, and LeBron, after a long rest like this, he's going to be able to blitz through the playoffs. Look, I think Anthony Davis is right. The long layoff is going to help us. Any, all the older teams, the long layoff is going to help because they're just going to be fresher. LeBron's not going to be worn down by the time he gets to the NBA Finals. They have had time to decompress and now get ready and it's eight games and then the playoffs yeah the lakers are still the favorites i i, I in, in the west uh, you know i you, I, you really I, believe I like the that I, I just i don't see the lakers as the favorites i because when you talk about the lakers and the clippers the clippers were able to beat the lakers 
Jason, even when they didn't have their full squad, they won two of the three games. I know the Lakers won the last one, but the other part is all year the late the Clippers were dealing with Kawhi not being 100% healthy, Paul George. Now these guys who are younger and now they've had three months to, to heal up and get and, and feel better and, and, and shake off those injuries. How in the world could you not look at the Clippers and think that they still would be better? And when they were a team, I mean, fully uh, loaded and healthy, they were, they were 14 and one in the 15 games where everybody was healthy. So they didn't lose. I, I just don't I, I see them as the favorites going in. Although I picked the Clippers in the beginning of the season because they were deeper. But obviously things have changed now with the coronavirus pandemic. And especially if Lou Williams doesn't go and he says he's 50-50 right now, you're not going to win. I mean, he, he, there's going to be teams that are going to lose players here and there, and I get that. That's just something you're going to have to go through. There's going to be players who have to sit out with COVID-19, and who knows, one day it could be LeBron, it could be Giannis, and that could there, there are that variables to it. But if Lou Williams, he's one of the, he's one of the main reasons that I think the, that I picked the Clippers to win, because he can win two games in the playoffs all by himself coming off the bench scoring 28 points a game. They don't have Lou Williams. That's a huge blow for the Clippers. That's why this is like a big step story that people aren't watching that they need to because of all the bigger than having a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George and don't get me wrong Lou Williams is a big piece I'm not poo-pooing him but to have those two guys finally healthy I just think that that's what they didn't have all year and it's not like the the Lakers ran away from the Clippers they had a five-game lead over them but they were banged up all year and I'm just saying when you get those two guys healthy and Patrick Beverly was banged up Get him back and look at the depth that they've added. They they got all the players that were available. Uh, I mean, they made some moves. I I love what the Clippers have, and Doc Rivers has that championship cal- uh, caliber coaching. So when you put all that together, I I I know people love LeBron and love what they were doing at the end, Jason. But I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think the Clippers run away with it. Twitter at how about a fresca Rob at Rob Parker FS1 it is the Dan Patrick show Jason Smith Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes coming up next Rob and I have an NFL debate we couldn't be on more opposite sides on if we tried that's next Fox Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live Fox Sports Radio the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. Uh, we have Bob Nightingale coming up in a few minutes, as today is a huge day for Major League Baseball. But, Rob, something I've been looking forward to talking to you about this week. You seriously think that Cam Newton is going to deliver the Patriots to the AFC East crown and is going to have a better year than Tom Brady with the Buccaneers? Uh, absolutely. I, I think, first of all, uh, Cam, people are looking at Cam. Cam was hurt. Cam wasn't healthy. I remember watching his one of his last games. It was a national game. He couldn't even deliver the football. He was so banged up. And so he's passed his physical. I think if they give him an opportunity to play and Bill Belichick and, and what he does up in New England, I think that the AFC least, I, I, I get the Jets finished 7-2. and two. I don't know how many meaningful games they won during that Zero. stretch. Zero. They, played, no, they right. played nobody at the end. That's what I'm saying, so I'm not there. Buffalo, I know that they've got a pretty good team as well. Uh, I don't know. They never seem to be able to put together back-to-back 
good years when they even have a good year, Jason. So that's up in the air with me. Uh, and when you talk about Tom Brady and you talk about the Patriots, I mean, uh, talk about Tampa Bay, the issue that I have is that we I've seen this movie before. Everybody would jump on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon, if you remember a year ago. They went from a million to one odds to 14 to one. They're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, my God, they got OBJ. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, nobody will be able to stop him. He has so many weapons. It won't even be fair. Do you remember all that? Oh, and then sure. all of a sudden, they didn't even make the playoffs. And the same thing, Tampa hasn't made the playoffs in 12 years. It will be a baker's dozen with Tom Brady because I, I see on paper, but I also see the Saints. I also see the Falcons. I'm not convinced that uh, Gronk, who had to be talked into playing football again, who had already given up his competitive card when he joined uh, pro wrestling, so I'm not sure where he's going to be. Guys like that who come back often wind up getting injured. I don't want him to get injured, but I'm thinking it could happen. And Tom Brady wasn't great last year. Let's just be honest. It was the worst 8-0 team I'd ever seen. They beat a lot of also-rans. And when Tom Brady and them play better teams, they struggle. And go look at his numbers across the board. He's going to be a 43-year-old quarterback. I'm not convinced what Tom Brady's going to be there. Is it the quarterback that won a Super Bowl without throwing a touchdown? Is it that Tom Brady? Or was it the Tom Brady last year who threw a pick six to end the playoff game and his uh, last pass as a, as a Patriot? Is it that Tom Brady? I just think people are living in the past. Tom Brady is not the same guy and nobody's going to be surprised by the Bucs. Everybody thinks that, oh, the Bucs are going to sneak up on everybody and beat. No, nobody's going to be surprised by the Bucs. And as bad as Jameis Winston was, he threw for 5,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns. Yes, he had the 30 picks. I get it. But he put up some unbelievable numbers, and they still couldn't win. I'm not buying the Bucs until further notice. All right, well, first, you can't just say, yeah, I get the 30 picks. It's 30 interceptions. I get it. Okay? I get it. Look, you talk about living in the past. Cam hasn't been an elite quarterback in five years. Five years. His one-loss record is 500. His quarterback rating is below average. He has not been great since 2015, and now he's coming off injuries. I don't know that he makes it to week one. I don't. I, I, is, is Cam serviceable? Sure he is. You want to make a win someone, bet on that? Let's make a win. I, 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 I will tell you tell you this Brady wins more games with the Bucks than Cam wins with the Patriots if he even makes it to week one I, I that yeah look Brady I, I give you Brady is more Joe Montana with the Chiefs at the end than he is Peyton Manning with the Broncos all right because Brady is really one or two years left and this will be the best year he has but He's got enough weapons down there, way better than he had in, in New England. There's going to be a fresh uh, batch of energy around the team. They'll win enough games to get in the playoffs. Eventually, they'll play a team that's better than they are, and they'll wind up going home. It'll be very much like Montana with the Chiefs, where they make it to the playoffs, but they play teams that are better. Easily, I will go with Brady and the Bucks over over Cam Newton All and the right, Patriots. All right, let's make 100%. a bet on that. I'm, How I'm, many I'm, wings? How many wings bet, do you want? Uh, 20 wings and a large Diet Coke for me. Oh, I'm, you know what? How about two large Diet Coke? I'm feeling cocky and arrogant. All let's right. go two Diet Cokes. Let's do it. Tw- two Diet Cokes and 20 wings. Oh, I'm gonna. How long do I have to wait to eat? 
I mean, should you just give them to me beginning of the year because it's going to. So happen. when they start out, when the when the Bucks start out zero and five, you can opt out of your bet and bet ten wings and one diet coke, and uh, I'll have my uh, Parmesan garlic all flats and a diet coke. <laughs> this is Fox.